0: Okay. Hey, Tony Gapison here for a quick intro before we jump into episode 70 of the Brave Maker podcast. Thanks for tuning in. You're going to hear myself and Christina Jackson talk with our special guest, Kira, and you'll find out all the information about her in the show notes. Before we do that, I want you to know we have some really cool things going on right now. We're doing webinars for community and corporations that want to be more socially just, diverse, and inclusive. Go to bravemaker.com slash brave Space, And you can see myself and Christina Jackson talk all about the conversations that we're having via webinars all around the world. We have since been doing these for companies in Australia and the UK, uh, here in the States. It's been really, really great. So go to bravemaker.com slash brave space. And If you are a screenwriter who wants to get better at your craft, or an aspiring screenwriter who wants to get those words on a page, we have a class starting at the end of August. Go to bravemaker.com slash classes to sign up today. $100 for a four-week class. That's only $25 a class. Pretty great. All right. Enjoy episode 70.
1: Stories, scripts, and conversations with creators. This is the Brave Maker Podcast.
0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Brave Maker online uh, show. Also, if you're listening, uh, the podcast as well. These also go up in audio form. Christina and I are glad to have you watching or listening today for another episode of Brave Stories and Brave Makers. And before we bring on our special guest i want to have christina tease out something new that is coming up so christina we have some special new things that are happening do you want to tell them about wheel queens
1: yeah so i have teamed up with miss wilson california 2020 christine burke and her and i will be uh doing a podcast together it's called roll talk with the Wheel queens of sf and roll Talk is a bit of a play on words, not only because we both uh, have disabilities and use wheelchairs, but also we're both actors. We are both in the arts, uh, which is really amazing. And so we really dive into what it means to be disabled and having an impact in the media and in arts and representation matters and all that fun stuff. We're going to get into all that in our podcast. So definitely stay tuned for Will Queens of SF, a Brave Maker podcast.
0: Yes, so excited. And speaking of podcasts, want to foreshadow we have our correspondent, Irving Ruan, who has a really cool guest that's going to be coming up uh, in a couple of days in August 2020 here. So stay tuned to hear all about Charles Yu, who you might have recently seen on the Trevor Noah Show. So cool because uh, Charles is an author, he wrote a book. He's also spoken or written on HBO's Westworld. So Take a look, uh, find out more about Charles. We'll be putting more information out on all our social media platforms. And if you are not on our email list, make sure you get on there as soon as possible because not only will you get information about all the podcasts and things that we're doing, but we also send out free movies and links. And so we took a break the past uh, month from our digital film festival after doing like 15 weeks straight in a row. And come August, we're going to have some new films, narratives, and documentaries coming your way. So go to BraveMaker.com slash buzz to get connected to that as soon as possible. All right. So with no further ado, we are going to be bringing our guest, Kira Jones.
1: Hey. Hi. Thank you for having me. It's awesome yep. having you. Hey, Kira. I'm it's turn- cool year after watching the show's. And stalking your Instagram. So now I'm like a fangirl. So hey.
2: Oh, thank you. I just from like the, your intro about your your new uh your new podcast, I'm okay. about to be a fangirl too. So, so I'm pumped. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, this is a, a cool example of the interwebs connecting people because this industry that we love so much about entertainment and performing arts and film and art and activism is so much about the relationships that you build on set and beyond. And Kira is friends with my friend, Lili Jackson in LA, who I've known for almost uh, two decades. And I'm really, as I said, any friend of Lili is a, one I want to be a friend of mine because the work that she's doing is really exciting. So, shout out to Lili. And so, Kira, I've been, as well, stalking you and checking out stuff. So, we're going to launch in, because you're also from Chicago, which is where I'm from. Oh, interesting! Yeah, and you're in Chicago right now, right?
2: Yes, I am. uh, I live in Uptown, so on the north side.
0: Well, why don't you tell us, give us a little background about who you are and how you got into the performing arts.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, I actually, uh, so I've been in Chicago for the past 10 years, but I'm originally from Annapolis, Maryland, Um, and I didn't start acting until uh, high school. Uh, my mom forced me to do some kind of extracurricular because she didn't want to deal with me after school. So <laughs> my friend dragged me to auditions for the drama club and i never acted before and I ended up getting the lead role, which was uh, still wild to me. Um, and then I just, you know, fell in love with it from there and decided to study it in college. So I went to Northwestern University. That's how I ended up in Illinois. Um, At Northwestern, I double majored in theater and gender studies. Uh, So, you know, started to explore more about, you know, the intersections of gender, race, other identities, you know, how that has impacted, you know, the world and particularly my life and my experiences. And, you know, being a woman of color in, in a very predominantly white school, particularly a very predominantly white theater department, I had a lot of negative experiences that kind of drove me to want more agency over the way that uh, stories about Black women and other people of marginalized identities were told. Um, So I started writing. Uh, So now I am based in Chicago. I am still an actor, but um, also a screenwriter, Uh, starting to do some more film directing. I am am, am an intimacy coordinator, and I actually still work at Northwestern. I am the assistant director of our sexual violence and health resource center. So I have way too many jobs uh, <laughs> to long don't read. I, I, I never have free time, but uh, I love everything that I do. And I love that I get to do work that is at the intersections of all of the the passions that I have.
0: So. I, I love your, um, I have, I have Kate Brolin, who's one of our brave makers is, is here. She says she loves your 24 seven shirt. So oh. Thank you. <laughs> Kate is also an actor and writer and part of the Brave Maker community. So hi, Kate. Um, talk about, yeah, talk about some of that stuff. It's, it's obviously of no surprise when we hear creative people who are wearing multiple hats. One, because we just can't help it sometimes. Two, because it's necessary sometimes to put food on the table and pay our bills and stuff like that. Uh, but the intimacy coordinator is a new thing that's developed because of the, the Me Too movement. For people who don't know, can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yes, so um, an intimacy coordinator is a position that um, is held on film sets and on um, theater and in theater. Uh, it's similar to a fight choreographer, but for intimate scenes, so uh, simulated sex scenes or scenes of sim- simulated sexual assault or even just like moments where the actors are you know, very physically close to one another. Um, and it is, you know, I, I think that people actually have been doing similar practices even before Me Too, Um, but, you know, the demand for it and the awareness that it exists, you know, is, you know, a direct consequence of the Me Too movement. Uh, And I think, you know, a lot of people think of it as like kind of a position, like people think that you, you're like, NMC coordinators are there on set just to like make sure no one gets Assaulted, which, like, I mean, that's like the bare minimum. Like, people shouldn't be getting assaulted on sets. <laughs> but really, you know, it is a creative position. You're there to help the storytelling of this intimate moment like look better. You're there to help the director's vision be fulfilled and look, you know, as best as possible mm-hmm. while uh making sure that the actors are safe and comfortable, they're wearing, you know, the right uh modesty garments that you know you're not putting them in a, any type of position where they are doing something that doesn't feel right to them or is physically strenuous or any of those things because i've worked you know as an actor sometimes directors like don't know what they're talking about frequent i mean i would say frequently they don't know what about, especially when it comes to intimacy because they'll give you notes that like don't even make any sense like they'll say like something like oh can you make this raunchier and i'm like well what does that mean? Yes. I don't understand what your interpretation of Rashi is. And it's the intimacy coordinator's job to come in and say like, okay, this is how your breath is going to change. This is how your movement is going to change. Like in order to fulfill that note. So it it is, we intimacy coordinators do make the, the production better, not just in terms of safety, but also in terms of like the art itself.
0: I just, as a director, I, who was an actor, I'm still an actor, but just to make a note on that, I do a lot of coaching for actors and one of the things we always talk about is how do you interpret notes that a director gives you because most directors have no idea how to talk to actors. They usually talk with results oriented language. They want someone to be angrier or louder or take it up a notch or pull it back and the actor does not know how to interpret those things. So especially when you're dealing with something as intricate and intimate as a sex scene or assault to be able to have someone like you by their side in their core is huge. That is that is really cool. There should be like a translator for directors and actors, because half the time I think directors aren't getting what they want because they don't know how to really communicate in the language that makes sense for an actor. And so many actors walk away from set feeling deflated like they didn't please their director. And so that's just a big thing that I've had to learn the hard way. That's why I was like, I love being a director who knows what it feels like to be on the other side because it's hard. It's hard to be on the other side. So good. Good on you for doing that.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I think some of the best directors started as actors, and they have the language to get the performance they want out of the actor, so I thank
1: you for doing that, for being able to jump on both sides of the camera. Yeah. For sure, Tony. Multi-talented. Speaking of intimacy, there's a pretty steamy scene in episode two of The Right Swipe, and if you haven't seen The Right Swipe, definitely rush over to Vimeo and watch some episodes. And so I'm curious, were you the intimacy coordinator for those scenes? No, I was not. I
2: actually have not started uh, doing intimacy coordination at that point. Uh, So we have an intimacy coordinator named Rachel Flesher, who's amazing. She's done, we shouldn't have been able to afford her. Like she uh, (laughs) has also done the fight Direction for GLOW. And she's done intimacy for uh, like Empire and I think The Shy and a lot of other big shows. Um, And she did the intimacy for episode one. Uh, for episode two, the scene that you're talking about, uh, the the kiss, uh, we actually did't have an NMC coordinator because of cost reasons. We were like, oh, it's just a kiss. You will be fine with that one. We weren't fine. There were issues. Uh, yeah. and I will never like underestimate how much you know you need an NMC coordinator even just for kisses, like, you know, yeah. Um, because you never know, like what the actors have experienced and what their triggers might be. And it was me; I was the one who got triggered, and I was like, "Well, I just uh, played my own self, <laughs> not having a coordinator." So, uh, but it ended up being, you know, fine. The end result was good. But you know, um, people don't think about like, like how our past traumas or how our identities can affect how safe we feel on set, particularly doing intimate uh,
1: scenes. I think that is super important that you said that. So I know a lot of actors are watching this and listening to this and definitely speak up for yourself. Like have the bravery and the courage to say, I demand an intimacy coordinator be present for this. I don't feel comfortable and have no reservations about that. Cause you definitely don't want to put yourself in a compromised position here while you're working. So yeah. Thank you for talking about that. Yeah.
0: So tell us about the creation of your series, The The Right Swipe.
2: Yeah. So The Right Swipe uh, is a romantic comedy web series co-created by myself and Julie Delpreet. It follows two best friends as they start a business where they renovate men's dating profiles, uh, but then they end up screwing up their own love lives in the process. Um, We kind of describe it as a mix between uh, hitch and insecure and uh, it started just because I, you know, I'm I'm on all the dating apps. I've been on every, almost every dating app that you know is appropriate for me to be on. And um, I have noticed all the ways that men refuse to give themselves an advantage by actually like putting interesting things on their profiles or choosing good photos. Like you, if you scroll through. Um, any straight woman's (laughs) uh, like you know options on any dating app you'll see just like blurry photos all these group photos where you can't tell. it's my favorite game to play like which white man's profile is it because they'll make their first picture like a group of their friends and they all look the same and I'm like I don't know which white man you are so Uh, or
0: white people all look alike anyway it's so hard to tell
2: Uh, you know you said it not me um but, um i or, or you know their bios just like won't exist or they'll be like i like the office and craft beer and i'm like that tells me nothing about you and i've even seen you know my friends like will pop up on uh, my dating profiles and i'll be like you are so much cuter and more interesting than this. Like, why did why are you playing yourself? Like, why are you not trying to put, you know, your best foot forward? So um, that's the inspiration for the show. Um, and we also wanted, we explore in the show, the ways that people have marginalized identities, Um, try to navigate dating apps because you know it's interesting to me one you know black women get the least amount of matches on dating apps black women and Asian men so being a part of the group that is not uh sought after um in some ways like the dating apps give you a bigger pool of options so like you have more you know chances of finding someone that's interested in you but then you see the rejection like more clearly like it's in your face when you know you swipe right on someone and no one swipes right back on you um and so like what is that experience like like how do you navigate that how do you navigate racism or homophobia or you know other these other things that pop up on dating apps so um that we we wrote the script uh and a lot of people in you know filmmakers in the Chicago area, really loved it and hopped on board. We won a few grants to be able to make it. Uh, we crowdfunded $25,000 um, and we were able to make two episodes. Awesome. Um, we'll see if more come later. We have the whole season written, but um, COVID and just money, filmmaking is very expensive. I learned that. Um, <laughs> and so uh, we would love to produce the rest of the season, but we'll see if that happens.
0: Let's take a watch of uh, the trailer. Here we go.
2: Are you single and struggling? Are you only photos of yourself? Dick pics and gym selfies? It's not
0: gonna suck itself. Mm. We can help.
2: We'll take your dating app profile from basic to bed. Another bad date? They touched my hair. I'm sorry, what?
0: Hey, I'm Elijah. This rice why?
2: We can't sleep with our clients. Or date them. Or flirt with them. Girl, you don't know. You are not even on any app. Danny's not my boyfriend. Why not? He's cute, he's nice, he has health insurance.
0: You're perfect.
1: I'm not going to date someone just for their health insurance. Oh. I'm an independent woman.
2: How are we going to help all these sad men?
1: I just think that all lives matter. Hi, is this the white swipe? Have you
2: two thought about implants?
1: Hey. So
2: you want a white one? Hi, Felicia. Bitch. Have you ever seen Friday? work. We are really good at our jobs. Love is real.
1: I think that we should talk.
2: Your bio is your pitch. You want the girl to greenlight you. What makes you unique? And in no time at all,
1: you'll find your perfect match. Talk to you soon. So good. good. Yeah, it is so good.
0: So Thank well you. done. Yeah. So we part, you know, part of our audience are filmmakers and creators who want to hear the process and you already kind of dipped into a little bit of the hard work that it takes and the money that you put into it. But Oh, stand by. hold on a second. I got another thing popping up here. For oh, Here we go. Um, I want to hear a little bit about some of the obstacles of getting it from script to screen. I know that it's a birthing process of bringing your ideas to life. But like, let's hear you talk about what was something that was surprising, something that you learned that was like really amazing, and then something that was just really hard, uh, that's still hard, that never gets easy, potentially. Anything you want to share in the making of Right Swipe?
2: Yeah. Um, it was definitely a process it's potentially not over yet <laughs> but uh the hardest thing was absolutely raising money especially for a web series because there's not a return on investment for a web series it's really a labor of love it's something that you're going to you know most likely put online for free or for very cheap um so there investors are like no Thank you. Um, so, you have to like hustle, you have to apply for grants, you have to crowdfund. Um, and I really learned, you know, as an actor, I didn't really have an idea of the cost of a of production. And it's a lot, especially if you're going to be, you know, paying your cast and crew, which we absolutely were never going to not pay our people, uh, especially because our, our crew was uh, in our past where majority people of color, women, queer folks, people of marginalized identities who are already, like, underpaid, especially in the entertainment industry. Um, So I felt like just a money pit. Um, And, I mean, obviously, we got something great out of it, but I was like, oh, my God. Um, So that was the hardest part. But, I mean, there were so many amazing, like, joyful parts of the process. Um, You know, getting to meet all of these filmmakers that, you know, this story brought together, you know, really because we were paying people we weren't paying people like you know as much as they are worth and they were just like we really love this story we're passionate about it we want to be involved and so I think one of the things that surprised me was how much a good story particularly one that you know centers people who don't normally have their stories told on screen um how much that will bring people together and how they'll rally behind that whether that's you know by donating money or um you know donating their time or we had you know equipment given to us for my um camera ambassadors they donated our equipment just people really wanted to support the project and you know when we were coming up with the idea in our little in my living room after having swiped on apps like we didn't ever think that we (laughs) would have this much support behind it
1: so came up with this in your living room did you have an objective in mind like if you want to achieve something specific with the right swipe You did mention that Black women and Asian men are kind of on the bottom of the picking pool when it comes down to dating and things like that. What were some of the things that you guys really wanted to tackle with this show?
2: Yeah, we, you know, racism, particularly, Mm -hmm. you know, sexual and romantic racism was one of the biggest things we wanted to discuss and and tackle, um, particularly, you know, misogynoir and um, how racism and sexism intersect and really, you know, create a hostile world for for black women um and you know i think just jen we wanted to have a cast or have characters that represented the diversity of like chicago um and of our of our friend groups like i love you know shows that focus on the black community and uh but also like I don't just have black friends. I have friends right. of all races, genders, ethnicities, all these things and I don't always I don't see many shows that kind of represent the, the kind of um, diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, so we wanted people to all feel like that every person who watched the show to feel like they had a character that they could connect to whether it was because of, you know, their storyline or because of their identities. Um, and that was like my main goal. I was like I want people to to feel joy but also feel seen by the show. Um, but you know, on a more practical note, like I wanted, you know, that this serves as while it's entertainment for everybody, it's also like a really viable work sample for myself and, and the rest of the the team. Um so I it it's been much easier for me to get other opportunities and apply for other grants and, and competitions with such a strong work sample, especially the one that's gone to so many, you know, big film festivals. So I'm very thankful for that. And it's opened up so many doors for me since we've
1: released.
0: So great. So I am really like watching the quality of the you know the the graphics, the animation, the cinematography—you just need to tell your crew and cast like just really well done. On twenty-five thousand dollars to make two of these things—that's not a lot of money to produce something so great. So you all should be really really proud of that. And I know you know this, but you know lots of uh, people start by making web series, and so you like I just want to for our audience that's listening. You got to make something. You got to stop waiting for someone else to give you permission or, you know, and if you're an actor out there, a lot of the clients that I am coaching right now and consulting, it's really cool to see actors going, all right, I'm going to tell my stories. I'm. What am I frustrated with? What do I love in the world? What am I embarrassed about? What are my experiences in my family of origin? And put it into a show, put it into a short film because that's the way that it starts. So I just, gosh, I give you such kudos for the way this looks and the acting on point, you know, and some of these things don't turn out that great. So, <laughs> way to go! Um, really, really cool. Okay, Kira, we've got Robertino who's saying, "I love Kira's resilience, fierceness, and multifaceted talent."
2: Oh, so, thank you, Robertino. That makes me so happy.
0: <laughs> Robertino is one of our brave makers, and he does a lot of the programming for some of the things that we pick. So, he's got a, a good eye. That's a great, a great. Uh, compliment and word what would you yeah what would you say to somebody who's trying to figure out what to do regarding their storytelling they have a story they have ideas they want to make something you did it you made it how what would you tell them how would would you advise them
2: yeah i mean i would definitely echo what you just said is like don't keep waiting around like make steps to make it happen you know if you have an idea in your head i have a lot of friends who are like i have an idea for a screenplay and i'm like have you written it and they're like no and i'm like you gotta write it, like, um, because you never know who you're gonna meet, who is gonna be interested in helping you, and if you don't have a script to show them, then you know they can't do anything. Um, so if you've never written before, you know, I would say um, definitely look into classes. Um, I know a lot of places are offering online classes, which actually opens up you know more places for you to to study that you know, might not have been able to because of you know. Physical proximity to them, um, so look for screenwriting classes and workshops that you can take, or you know, read books because there is a very specific you know format to screenwriting. Um, it's hard to just jump in without any um, support or without any you know prior knowledge. Um, I would say don't try to do everything by yourself. Like I know I wear a lot of hats, and I did wear a lot of hats on the rights way, but I knew what my limits were, and I was like, I don't know how to direct at this point, so I'm going to get a director. I don't, I'm not a cinematographer. I can't make the the catering. I'm not going to cook for, you know, 40 people. Um, so ask for help. Uh, don't try to do everything yourself because I think that really burns people out. And it, that, I think that's, that, there's just like a graveyard of unfinished projects by people who were trying to play all the roles on their sets. Um, and also, like, just read as many scripts as you can. Um, you know, you can find them online. And, like, if there's a specific show that you kind of are... Um, emulating or your show might be similar to like read scripts from that show like look at what those look like um offer to read your friend's scripts and give feedback uh so you can see what's working what's not and you can apply you know those things that you notice to your own work so it it is a process i you know i will say like i'm kind of an anomaly like this was my first film project and it you know was very successful and we got it done very quickly but like I had also been, you know, studying acting and and writing for you know, a long time before I got this opportunity. So um, it's not you're never gonna it's never gonna be an overnight thing. Um, but just like keep going, um, somebody's gonna be interested in your story. Don't let you know, especially if you're a person of marginalized identity. Don't let anybody tell you that your story doesn't have worth or value.
0: Such good advice, brave maker. Heed that advice. That is so so good.
1: I'm curious you said you were a lot of hats. Did you work as a casting director for these amazing actors in The Right Swipe? Um we had a casting director,
2: my okay. friend Nick Park, uh, who also plays uh fuckboy number 1. Um and he um was, you know, amazing, but we did you know, from being an actor, uh, I had a lot of friends in mind for certain roles so some people were pre-cast even before we brought nick on um and then other folks we were like we definitely know we want them to audition but one of the great things about having a cast character because i don't think we were originally planning on having one but nick offered he was like i really want to cast this after he read the script he brought in so many people we had never seen before never encountered and like we it was so funny because i think Julie and I I know Julie and I both had like certain ideas for people who were going to end up in in the roles we were auditioning for and like we did not pick any of those people <laughs> like we they all got picked we all got you know new faces for everybody um and so that's another I mean I have done um workshops on uh making web series and one thing i really really emphasize to folks is like have auditions because i've seen a lot of web series with people who've never acted before are like i'm gonna play the lead or they just like cast their non-acting friends and then it ends up being really bad because like one you know just logistically it'll take longer for you to finish shooting if like your actors keep forgetting their lines or you can't get a good take but also like if you have, even if you give somebody Shakespeare, something like amazing, some the script, like Oscar worthy script, if you put it in mm-hmm. the mouth of a bad actor, they will ruin it. Um, and if you have a you know, if you're a newer writer and you are still, you know, building your script skills, if you give it to a really good actor, like they will make it sound amazing. So um, definitely d- don't, don't undervalue the, the worth of a great acting performance.
1: Shout out again, you said his name was Nick? Nick Park. Nick Park, fantastic job. I thought all the actors were so solid. Like, it didn't feel like anyone, like you said, it was just a friend who jumped on the set and read some lines. Like, everyone was so funny and so impactful. So, really awesome.
2: <laughs> yes, thank you, Nick. We love you. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, Kira, you talked about doing some classes. So, you do, is that the um, making web series that don't suck or something like that? Is that like an online offering you have?
2: Yeah, well, it's the first time I did that workshop. It was, you know, by request. Um, And I did it with my friend, Imeetian, who, uh, Ten, who's (laughs) Purdue, I'm always saying her last name wrong. Tin. In, who is producing um, my upcoming feature and has produced a couple web series? Um, but I have also done for Mezcla Media Collective, which is a really amazing organization that supports uh, women and non binary filmmakers of color. Uh, I did a From Paper to Pilot workshop with them. Um, I've done some workshops on, you know, grant writing for for web series and short film because we did, you know, get a substantial amount of grants for the right, swi- the right swipe. The Um, and so I'm just always happy to offer help uh, in the form of, you know, workshops to aspiring filmmakers or current filmmakers who just, you know, haven't gotten to like who hasn't who haven't done the self-funding thing before because it is very uh it's hard but if you do it right it gives you so much more agency over your work than having to go through a studio
0: totally wholeheartedly agree i'll take i'll take a moment and you'll see um kira's instagram here it's kira k-y-r-a dot a dot jones on instagram please follow her and support her work and dm her if you have questions or money you want to get your name in as executive producer or the right swipe i'm sure she will be taking that uh we <laughs> we at brave maker are also coming up we're going to be doing a social media class for makers so this is uh i mean obviously you know if you're going like i don't need help doing social media then great if that's not you then obviously you don't need this but if you're going i don't know how to tell my story i don't know how to make connections. The biggest thing for us makers is we need to learn how to brand ourselves and that we know that it's such a trendy word. But if all you're doing is asking for money and talking about yourself all the time, you're not going to build your audience. You got to find a way that your story, like what I hear you have done, Kira, is your storytelling and your filmmaking is impactful. It's creating, it's creating culture, it's creating conversations and it's creating opportunities for underrepresented voices. So I love that. Like that's what you're doing and people wanna get behind that. And as you said, people who also wanna participate in that will become part of your audience and supporters. So I love that. This is what we're all about here with BraveMaker. So if you need any of that help, go to bravemaker.com and you can uh, sign up for that. It's on August 12th. It's a Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, noon Central time or 1 p.m. Eastern Standard on Wednesday, August 12th. Cool. Kira, any other final things we should know about you or find you and your work in the world?
2: Yeah. Um, well, I just want to say, like, just to hype your social media workshop up, like, it, I can't tell you how important social media was for The Right Swipe. Like, we actually started, we launched our social media before, like, months and months before our crowdfunding. Um, so we that way, we already had... Uh, an audience built so we weren't like trying to watch social media at the same time as the crowdfunding. like they were already people who liked our page and you know we're waiting you know for ways to support the project so yes you have to be good on social media if you want to be a successful indie filmmaker um and uh, or have somebody on your team that's good at it if you don't like it like hire somebody um but other than that um i so as i mentioned i am um going to be i a i'm sure a feature my first feature that uh is a pre-production right now called go to the body uh we actually just crowdfunded for the proof of concept for it but we are still taking money um so if you go to my instagram page you can find the link in my bio uh but it's a film that explores the impact of sexual violence in the black community particularly um for uh, not just for survivors, but also for uh, secondary survivors or loved ones of people who've experienced sexual violence, um, and I'm really excited about it. I we crowd we were able to meet our crowdfunding goal in two and a half weeks, uh, and we we're still you know accepting more money because one that's not our full budget uh but also two you know any access funds will also go toward the full feature um it's being produced by angelique ross and Imy Tin, and uh it really is i describe it as a love letter to black survivors uh to people like uh toy and Salau and you know a lot of the black uh, students that i've worked with at northwestern who don't get to see their experience represented and therefore you know don't always understand that you know they do deserve to seek justice whatever that looks like for them to seek healing to get resources um so i'm really really pumped that this is going to be happening uh we'll be shooting the proof of concept in october covid willing and uh we our crew will Largely be black, um, and our cast is almost all black, so we'll all your money will be going toward you know black, um, and under other uh,
1: underrepresented filmmakers and actors. So it's going to a good cause, really exciting! Can't wait to see that. And you definitely want to go check out Kira's Instagram, I did some Instagram stalking, and it's very empowering. And there may or may not be some really amazing pole dancing activity. so I don't <laughs> going I on their do- own thing, you know, if you want to go and check her out. <laughs> Thank you.
2: <laughs> there is pole dancing, yeah. Uh, for fitness, not that, you know, people who pole dance for money is wrong, but no one has ever given me money. So.
1: <laughs> I love, I, 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 loved, I was going through, I was like, wow, this is really about empowerment, body positivity, like she wants the talk. I'm loving it. So yeah, absolutely. Check her out on Instagram. Get your stock on.
0: Well, we're really... Really uh, happy for you, Kira, and uh, as a Chicago-based person, if there's any way that BraveMaker can continue to partner, uh, we would love to continue this conversation. And I'm really just like wowed at the story because this is why BraveMaker exists is to tell brave stories that create change. And we're, we're learning from each other, so thank you. I would love to have you back at some point when you get your, your feature up and running. We'd love to do a screening, COVID, when COVID's done, so we can actually be in person in California. So keep us in mind when you start submitting to film festivals.
2: I will, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This discussion has been really great. Um, I have two new friends. Thank you, Lily. Yeah. Um, and thank you to everybody watching. Um, yeah, this has been so awesome.
0: Right on, Kira. So stand by. We're gonna we'll talk to you at the end. We'll do our little um, outro here. But stand by. So glad that you could be here, Christina and I want to invite you to come back in about twenty minutes. We are doing super cool. We're doing a live reading of a new play uh, written by Peter Fenton. So you're gonna want to make sure you uh, get some popcorn or change up your clothes, get a little, little more comfortable, so that you can meet the cast and crew of Abandon All Hope, which is a new play by Peter Fenton, and I'm going to pull up the image. Christina is going to be in it, making a a debut here for for Peter. Anything you want to say about it? Yeah, it's
1: super amazing. It's very provocative. It's hilarious. I'll be playing Teresa. She's a bit of a cheeky character, so I'm going to have a lot of fun with her, Peter has given me pretty much a full run uh, to do what I'd like with Teresa. So this should be fun. And uh, yeah, I can't wait. This is coming up at 4 PM today, Pacific standard time.
0: Fantastic. So yeah. Thanks again, everybody for listening, whether you're listening on the brave maker podcast or watching on the replay YouTube, wherever, please share this. If you have needs for getting your story out into the world, you should go to our brave maker website and, go to bravemaker.com slash classes. Uh, we are in the middle of a screenwriting class right now, but we'll have a new one that will be starting up in September of 2020. As, as um, Kira said, if you have ideas, you gotta write them down. You gotta get them out in the world because they're, they're just gonna stick there unless you actually invest in yourself, make uh, put a due date on the calendar and get them on the paper. And we would love to help you with that. So, all right, everybody, you know what we always say, brave stories change the world.
1: And you're the story, and before we go, I just want to acknowledge Black civil rights leader John Lewis. Uh, he was late to rest yesterday, and New York Times did a phenomenal article about him, describing him as pure joy with unbreakable perseverance. So I definitely want to acknowledge that. And everyone out there, Black Lives Matter, trans lives matter, continue to protest and fight. We're still in this. You know, we still got a ways to go. So, you know, stay strong and, and keep fighting. We're in this together.
0: And as he would say, John Lewis makes some good trouble. Yeah, it was good
1: trouble.
0: Till next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks
1: for listening to the Brave Maker podcast. Subscribe, give us a rating, and share with a friend. Brave Maker is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Our work is funded by generous patrons like you. Support the podcast with a tax deductible donation at bravemaker.com. Brave stories. Change the world. You are the
0: story.